The man called Byron was leading me to Blackthorn Park. The only problem was we'd have to pass through town to get there. Given that everything that had been going on when I left, I was less eager to go. But Byron seemed quite calm and confident in what we were doing. So let me see if I got this right. Your name is not Byron, that's just what you call yourself. Yes, to break the monotony I change it from time to time. Really? Yes, before I went with Byron, I was calling myself Alistair for a good century. Was that just a decade? It was a while ago, but I tend to forget these things. Speaking of which, I may be due for a change soon. I've been going with Byron for a long time. Tell me, what do you think of the name Edward? Edward? Uh, well, I guess it's okay. I was thinking of going with that for a spell, but, well, we don't have to talk about too many sparkly vampires. No self-respecting immortal would dare call themselves Edward these days. Whoa, wait a minute. Immortal? You're immortal. Well, close enough, I guess. I do have an incredibly long lifespan. How long? Really long. But there are true immortals walking around the world, but I'll tell you about them later. We really need to get to that park. As we got closer to town, the skies above turned red and I could still smell smoke. There were fires burning, a lot of them. But there was something else very odd going on. The town's empty. Where did everyone go? Maybe they've taken a dinner break or something. So what happened to all the dead bodies? The street was littered with them. Maybe that's what they're making dinner out of. Oh, kittens. Do you really think that's what they're doing? Eating the dead? I don't know, to be honest. Hang on a moment. Byron pulled out a length of pipe from his coat. Then, stepping up to one of the few windows that hadn't been shattered, he swung it down hard. What are you doing? Why are you breaking into that shop? Because I'm looking for rice pudding. Rice pudding? Rice pudding? I thought you wanted to go to the park. I do. However, I need rice pudding before we go. Why? Because passing through the fire barrier cost me. I've been weakened and rice pudding will help. Let's see. Chocolate. More chocolate. About free chocolate. Whoever ran this shop seems to have a chocolate fixation. Can't you just settle for chocolate? (laughs) Absolutely not. I'm not going to go into immortal physiology with you. It just has to be rice pudding. Tapioca might do in a pinch, but I'd really need a lot of it. How much? Two or three gallons, give or take. Ta-da! Rice pudding. A little past its sell-by date, but... Still seems to have done the job. Uh... What just happened? There are items on today's market that have certain restorative properties for beings like myself. Merlot wine does the same thing, but only for demons. I know one named Max who tosses back gallons of the stuff. Personally, I prefer rice pudding myself. Well, that and a packet of salt and vinegar crisps, but that's a whole other story. 
Now, and I think we should... What was that? Byron? Byron, what is it? I think I know what's happened to the townspeople. This is bad. This is very bad. That sound is coming from out of the park. Well, of course it would be. And where else would it be coming from? It, it always has to come from the dark and scary place. Things are worse than I feared. Come on, Chris. Chris? My name's Sam. Remember? Yes, yes, Sam. Sorry, slip of the tongue. So, who's Chris? Your girlfriend or something? It's not important. We need to get to the park. Is that a good idea? No, I think it's a bad idea. Then why are we still going? Because it's the only option we really have. Besides, if I stopped every time any of my plans seemed dangerous, well, I'd never get anything done. And you really need to stop doing that. Doing what? Staring at the mark on your arm. Rub it all you want, it's not going to go away. But I still don't know how I got it in the first place. No? No! I think I would remember something like this. Before the flames, before all of this started, was there anything strange about today? Something that stood apart from normal? Nothing. It was just like every other day. I got up and came to work. It was a quiet day because there was this guy out front and... Wait. Wait a moment. That guy. That guy? Yeah. He was standing out in front of the store, shouting at everyone who passed by. Kept telling them the world was coming to an end. So what did you do? He wouldn't get out of my way. So I told him if he would move, I'd renounce the sins of my way. No, wait. It was more than that. I said I I would renounce the sins of God. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. Because you said that, you've become one of Leviathan's chosen. But... But I didn't mean anything by it. (sighs) Hell, I wasn't even being serious. I just wanted him to get out of my way. Be thankful, Sam. If you hadn't said that, you'd most likely have gone insane when everyone else in Blackthorn did. But what happens now? What does this mark mean? What is making the... that horn? Well, the mark means your soul has been claimed. Claimed? Yes. You heard of the mark of the beast, I take it. The mark of the beast? Like in the Bible? I thought it was supposed to be three sixes. The Mark of the Beast comes from Lucifer. The Mark on your arm, however, comes from Leviathan. Understand? I think so. Does this mean I'm going to hell? Sam, to be honest, I'm not certain what it means. Oh, kittens. This is so not good. Don't panic. If there is a way, I will help you out of this. Okay. So what's the horn about? Uh, that's a little more complicated. I was still having a hard time buying into all of this. Magic is real. Monsters are real, and they have always been. We just never noticed them. Then, perhaps that's where all the stories and legends came from in the first place. Tales of strange creatures that haunt the shadows. Then what is Byron? A monster? Something else, perhaps? Was I just making a huge mistake in trusting him? 
I couldn't answer all that, and I found myself following him into Blackthorn Park. The park was really a forest that the town was built on the edge of. I found it to be a dark and creepy place. There were many legends about the forest, full of ghosts, witches, vampires, you name it. It's out there someplace, just waiting for some unsuspecting person to come close and... Well, you get the point. I'd even heard it was a meeting place for something called The Four. Never found out what that really was. It has something to do with the season, I guess, but anyone's guess is as good as mine as to what that even is. It got darker the deeper we went into the forest, yet there was a green glow glowing in the distance, the same type of glow that the mystical flames had made that surrounded the town. There was also the sound of machinery. If I had to guess, I would have said it was construction vehicles, the sort you find at building sites, but I had never heard anything like these ones before. There was something very creepy about them. Byron came to a halt and knelt down by some shrubs. He motioned I should do the same. What is it? What's making that noise? Byron parted some of the shrubs and pointed out beyond. What I saw took my breath away. In the clearing was the remains of an old graveyard. It had been used by the people of Blackthorn when the town was first founded over 200 years ago. In later years, it was more or less abandoned. The only people who really came out here now were kids who were looking to get drunk or those who wanted to fool around with one another and couldn't afford a hotel room. However, now from a large stone in its center, a column of green flame was reaching up into the sky. This, however, was not really what caught my attention. It was the large monstrosity made out of rotting flesh and rusting metal. It lumbered about on three mammoth legs. So that's where the horn is coming from? Basically, it's releasing gas that builds up inside of it. Releasing gas? You mean it's... it's... Yes. Yes, it is. Kind of disgusting, really. Just feel grateful it's not standing close to us. The beast hovered over the graves, pushing the dirt aside and pulling coffins up from the ground. Other creatures with machine parts grafted to their bodies ripped the coffins open and spilled the contents on the ground. Then they sorted through the remains, tearing bits and pieces and tossing them into a growing pile. It took me a few moments to realize that the creatures had once been the men, women, and children of Blackthorn. Oh, kittens. What... What's happened to all of them? They've been turned into the Iron Dead. I first encountered them ages ago during the First World War. The First World War? You were around during then? I thought we'd established I'm older than I look. Anyway, back then the Iron Dead were little more than corpses automated by steam power. I thought they'd all been destroyed, though. So, how were these ones made? No idea. But it's clear they've made some upgrades from the earlier models. The bodies look augmented with some kind of cybernetic implants. They probably stimulate the dead flesh. Dead? You mean... Everyone down there is dead? Sadly, yes. Think of them as high-tech zombies now. Fast, violent, and extremely aggressive. How horrible. But what are they doing out here? Not certain. They could be harvesting. That's how the Iron Dead build their ranks, from harvesting the bodies of the dead. 
But the bodies in those graves have been dead for decades. How can they still use them? They'll find some use for them. Process them into biopaste to feed on. Uh, what was that? Biopaste. It slows down the rotting of their bodies and lets them heal minor wounds. Letting the Iron Trooper function longer? Yes. However, for the moment, I'm more curious about the green flame coming from that stone in the center. That's where all the energy is being channeled to. What's it doing? Uh, Byron? Why are the Iron Dead here? I was expecting Leviathan. They're working with Leviathan. Given who first created them, that would make sense. Byron! Do you mind, Sam? I'm trying to figure this out. I think you really need to look at this. What are you babbling about? Ah, yes. That could be a problem. They're coming right at us. What are we going to do? I've always found running away to be good. Come on. Oh, my. Several of the Iron Dead stepped up from the trees around Byron and I. They had surrounded us and were pointing strange weapons at us. This isn't good. That's a bit of an understatement. Hi, sorry. We got turned around some way back. We're looking for the local eye shop. I want to buy a monocle. You wouldn't know where I could find one, would you? No? Okay, we'll just be on our way. At that moment, one of the troopers fired a dart into Byron's chest. He stumbled back some and quickly pulled it out. A dark green fluid was dripping off the end of the needle. Oh, great. Dragon venom. How typical. Then, Byron collapsed to the ground unconscious. The Iron Dead turned their weapons on me. Whoa! Wait, 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 wait! You don't have to shoot me! See? See this tattoo? I'm one of the saved! Whether the undead creatures understood me or not made no difference. They shot me with a dart anyway. (laughs) Everything went dark after that. I don't know how long I slept. Maybe a few minutes. Maybe hours. All I do remember is the dream I had. I was standing on a roof of a building... Byron was there, as well as others I don't know. The skies... The skies were alight with flame. Not like the current of fire that surrounded Blackthorn. No, this fire covered the whole sky and illuminated everything in a dark crimson red. I soon noticed the flames were coming towards us, growing closer by the second, moving towards the surface of the world. All of it. He was using me. Using me all this time so he can make this happen. What happens when the flames reach us? All will be burned away. Not even memories will remain. You mean, we'll never have been? There has to be something we can do to stop this. Byron? Byron, tell us what we can do. Byron! I never heard his answer. Because that's when the flames fell upon us. I woke with a start. Pleasant dream. No, not at all. Where are we? Some kind of dungeon, I think. Don't ask me where, because I don't know. I see. So, 
What happens next? Are they going to kill us? They could have done that instead of knocking us out and bringing us here, so I doubt it. Then what do they want? I have no idea. I suggest we just sit here and wait. Someone will be along soon, and maybe then we can get some questions answered. And what if they never come? What if they just leave us locked away down here to rot? Then we're going to have a lot of time to get to know one another. It felt like hours. Time seemed to crawl very slowly. There wasn't anything really to do. I paced back and forth in the small cell, trying to figure out how I'd gotten into all of this. The day had started off so normal. Figuring out how to pay my college loans and have enough left over to eat. Now I was sitting in a dungeon with a strange pale man, waiting for who knows what. Byron, for his part, just sat on the floor with his back up against the wall. He was watching the door, waiting for something to happen. After a while, I sat back down next to him. That's when the door opened. Two Iron Dead troopers came into the cell, mostly followed by the man who had been standing in front of the hardware shop this morning. That's him! Byron, that's him! That's the guy who gave me the mark on my arm! I did not give you that mark, child. That was a gift from Leviathan. It saved you from the wrath of her judgment. Huh. I take it Leviathan has taken a female host. <laughs> As you will soon learn. So you're him. The one they call the Pale Man. One hates to brag, but yes, I'm him. Somehow I thought you would look different. More threatening. Well, I haven't been hitting the gym as much as I would like. Sorry to be a disappointment. It matters not. Come. The Master has summoned you. Come along, Sam. Time to meet our host. We walked down a long corridor cut out of stone. Every so often, we would pass one of the Iron Dead. They never bothered to look at us, just went about their tasks. We were led into a giant chamber. In the center was a huge column of emerald fire that reached up to the roof. Standing before this was a woman who had her back towards us. She had long, dark hair and was dressed in a form-fitting leather piece. I have brought them, Master. The woman turned around. Like Byron, she had deathly pale skin. It was her eyes that stood out most of all. No whites, no irises. Just two pools of darkness that looked as old as time itself. When Byron looked at her, something changed in his mannerism. Gone was the confident man I had been with all evening. If I had to put a name to it, I would say he looked almost heartbroken. No. No. Not her. Hello, Byron. How good to see you again. I can't tell you how much I've missed you. You've been listening to The Byron Chronicles. 
Season 3, Episode 3, The Harvest. Written by Eric Busby. Featured in the cast were David Alt as Byron, Natalie von Sistine as Sam Beale, Ellie Hirschman as Freak Show, and Laura Post as Leviathan. Special appearances by John Specht, Morgan Presley, and Darren Millar. Music performed by Midnight Syndicate. Byron theme by Kai Hartwig. This episode was written and directed and produced by Eric Busby. Sound design by Eric Busby. I'm Mark Brzee. This has been a Darker Projects production. This has been a Darker Projects production. Visit us on the web at www.darkerprojects.com.